Hey everyone, thanks for joining me here. We're going to talk about sleep apnea and what's really going on. Now, for some of you coming into this, you may be thinking, duh, it's because I can't breathe at night. Yes, and there's a whole lot more to the story. Because if it was that simple, right, in terms of whether it's weight loss, CPAPs, implantable devices, I don't think there would be... I think there's 20, 30 million people with diagnosed obstructive sleep apnea in the United States alone. And the other central sleep apnea as well. We're going to focus more on obstructive sleep apnea in this video. Don't worry, my people with central sleep apnea, we will, we will circle back around to you. And when you are going through trying to fix this, because it can be really freaking frustrating, right? You go through all those things, and it's just like, is this the only option here? Well, we need to complete the whole picture of what's really going on, because then when you have a firmer understanding of kind of the truth of this, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, then that allows you to take way better action steps, okay? It's like imagining if you only know like half of what you need to know how to drive a car, it's going to be really hard to drive a car. Same thing here in terms of addressing sleep apnea. So let's dive in. Let's start on a common basis, right? Because we have, this is going to be awful artwork. And that's why I really want to, you know, provide more of the canvas to my artwork, because that's what we're all really here for. So um, we have Pac-Man here. And th this is, I'm using Pac-Man not only as it's easier to draw, but if I only refer to Pac-Man and his health, that's really reduces my liability uh, with my medical degree. So this all refers to Pac-Man sleep apnea, not humans. Okay. Now, that's a joke, obviously. So air coming in, right? And then the issue is in the Pac-Man airway, there's a narrowing. This is obviously exaggerated. And then at certain points in the night, collapse happens. And then there's a block. Hence, the term obstructive sleep apnea. This is obstructed, right? And then what happens is there's a period of not breathing because you can't get air through. And then you kind of, you know, wake up like that. And then you kind of oscillate in between those. Whether it is conscious where you get woken up and jolted by it in the middle of the night. Or it's happening while you're sleeping, but you don't really know it, right? That's why... People will find out some shocking things from sleep studies. Now, this is where the conventional wisdom of Pac-Man medicine will focus, right? Just on this airway. So I do CPAPs. I mean, really, it's I mean any kind of PAP, right? Because there's a lot of different letters you can have in front. But CPAPs the most common for people, or certain implantable devices. Can I write the brand? I think I can. I'm not saying anything bad about it. Like Inspire, right? And, you know, there'll be like mouth guards or other like wedges um, and then oral appliances, right? If you, it's a whole slew of things. And what you need to understand is that this only focuses in on the air part of the equation. Which makes sense, because if you only knew that this was the problem, this is what you would do. You would just try to get more air 
and make sure this isn't obstructed. You would try to just open this up in many ways, shape, or forms. This is also how weight loss is advocated for, right? Because if you have weight, body weight pushing down on the airways, that's going to cause an obstruction, right? It all focuses on the airways here. Now, the big divide is why does that happen? Okay. When I say divide, this is when you begin your departure of being limited by what you know and can do about sleep apnea. Okay. We have to ask ourselves why, 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 why does this happen? Okay. And there's a lot of good reasons at the surface, but we need to look a little bit deeper. Okay. So in sleep apnea, yes, you have this obstructive airway, but why, why does it get bigger here? Okay. What is going on? Well, we have to one look at these tissues and what they found in the research is that these tissues, if you look at people who have sleep apnea versus normal Pac-Mans and Pac-Women, okay, in terms of airway tissues, there's going to be in terms of inflammation, inflammation there, this is going to be way up. This is going to be like normal, right? So there's inflammation. There's a cellular issue inside of the cells. Inflammation will happen for a lot of reasons, but at the most basic level, it's because there's too much oxidative stress. Like the most basic way you can explain inflammation. And when you look at this, at different chemicals, one that stands out and very interesting is melatonin. Interesting. Do you want to guess how this is different between these two groups? You see melatonin is very low in the sleep apnea group in comparison to the normal group. All right. That's odd because we know melatonin as the sleep hormone, right? Okay. Well played. But like, why is this lower in like these tissues? This is not like the pineal gland or anything. What's going on? Again, let's go deeper and deeper. Why is melatonin lower? All right, this is like why you need to ask why. Okay, when you know I was going through my issues, asking my doctor why, being very unsatisfied with that. Oh, you know, it just happens. You know, some, you know, men are really predisposed to. Or maybe it's in your family. Um, can be true. Certain shades of truth to all of those things. But as things are progressing on, sleep apnea is getting more and more common. It is either the evolution of the sleep apneus, and that's not a word, by the way, apneus, um, or there's something going on deeper that people are missing. It's that second option. So why is melatonin production low? Well, you need to ask yourself, where does melatonin come from? Okay. You know, yes, we say the pineal gland, right? That's in your brain, releases melatonin, helps you sleep. Pretty basic there, right? Now, here's the thing though. Melatonin is actually made from your mitochondria. All the enzymes to make melatonin are in here. Okay, this is yes, the powerhouse of the cell. There, go ahead and say it. I'm just, <laughs> just waiting for someone to comment. Powerhouse of the cell, yes. Thank you, no one's ever said that to me. Um, but I still appreciate it every single time. 
maybe be a bit more creative, like write it in a haiku or something. Um, but anyway, it's an issue in your mitochondria. This gets interesting because what does your mitochondria fundamentally do? I'm glad you asked and not in that way, not with those weird inflections, which ironically rhymes with like, what do you do? Didgeridoo. Okay. Sidebar didgeridoo exercises are a thing you can do for sleep apnea. Uh, the effectiveness. I mean, <laughs> we'll see. Maybe I'll make a, a video later proclaiming the use of the didgeridoo, but really the issue is inside your cells. Okay. So mitochondria fundamentally take oxygen. All right. You take oxygen, which you get from the air, right? And we'll just say food. It's really the particles, glucose, amino acids, fatty acids, etc. Uh, but they take these two things, combine them, and it's gonna make it's gonna make a whole lot of things. But we're gonna well first we're gonna really see how poorly I can make an arrow. So it makes two main things. It's gonna make let me move this over. Carbon dioxide or CO2, and then also energy in the form of ATP. Now we're getting like really biochemy on everybody here. This is really important because do these two gases mean anything to anyone with sleep apnea? Yeah, they mean a whole lot because fundamentally there is an issue with bringing oxygen in through your airways. Might there be a connection here? Because you're having a problem with handling oxygen in your cells, and then that is showing up with your ability on a larger scale to bring oxygen in. Do you think there's a reason for that? Yes, there is. Because one of the things that you'll notice with certain diseases, really most diseases, it's setting your body up for a little bit of a comeback or some diseases you can view them as protective. Okay. For instance, let's talk about blood pressure. Blood pressure will go up because in many disease states, there is not enough oxygen getting to tissues. So your body has a choice to either deprive certain cells and organs of oxygen and nutrients or to have a risk of a heart attack or stroke. Now they're both really bad options. Don't get me wrong. Those are awful options. That's like, <laughs> do you want to like, you know, get punched in the face or like, you know, kicked in the gut, like <laughs> great choices. But the thing is your body will always very similar to humans. It will try to throw risk and problems downstream later because we need to get through right here, right now. Okay. So it will raise blood pressure to make sure certain parts of your body, especially your brain, get enough oxygen, get enough nutrients in the short term, but long term, that increases the probability of having a stroke, right? So it's that's a concept applied to sleep apnea. Your mitochondria are broken, not doing well, can't handle oxygen. So conveniently, our body is struggling to take oxygen in. Okay, it's a nice little 
protective measure. Now, obviously, when you have sleep apnea for years, it doesn't feel very protective, right? And what the research is showing is that mitochondria, whether it is we're looking in people uh, like normal people versus people diagnosed with sleep apnea, people sleep apnea have worse mitochondria, or if we look at really like pure mitochondrial diseases, sleep apnea, super common in those patient populations. So this is what people are missing, right? So that's why understanding this is the big thing, how your mitochondria handle oxygen. Like this is the thing here. Now, the other part to this, and if my uh, scholarly central sleep apnea people are still here, but it also applies to the obstructive sleep apnea, is if your mitochondria can't take in oxygen, guess what they're not producing? They're not producing as much CO2. CO2 stimulates your body's ability to breathe. Do you think that might be a problem in sleep apnea? Okay. It's a huge problem. A huge, huge, huge problem. Okay. So when you're having less of a stimulus to breathe, you're going to have more apneic episodes, higher sleep apnea scores on a sleep study or lower pulse oximetry. And then the effect of this, you're going to like this. Oh, do I know how to zoom out? Let's, let's see. Okay. I hope you're ready for this. This is going to be great. When you have an issue with these, guess what you get more of? You get inflammation from free radicals. Okay. Put free radicals here. I know I'm literally just like drawing over a previous diagram. I am writing horribly, allegedly on a slant. So you get more free radical damage, inflammation. You also get less melatonin. And what did that do? It exacerbated this airway issue. Now, I know what some of you may be thinking. Dr. Dylan Peckis, I have polyps, deviated sleep, uh, sorry, deviated septum. Um, my tongue is just huge. Uh, you know, there's, there are structural things, don't get me wrong. But here's the thing you need to know, a little bit of physics here. I should kind of zoom back in somewhere else. When we have a tube here, okay, now, Obviously, your nose or throat is not a perfect tube. But the idea is, when we look at a tube, okay, there's a radius in here. Come on, where's my R? And when there is a change of, say, 1 for the radius, the ability for airway to flow can change by a factor, changes by a factor of 16. Okay? That's how the... Because when you look at the equation of radius, airway mechanics, etc., uh, radius is to the fourth power. So even if you have like really big obstructions, huge adenoids, whatever it may be, anything you can do to bring down the inflammation to increase like radius by like one increases airflow by sixteen. So this is why, like, whether 
whatever is like going on in your airways or not, septums, polyps, you can get more out of your airways. Okay? That's really the, the, the strength of this. The other piece is that, and again, this is why I mentioned central sleep apnea, you increase CO2, you can stimulate your brain, start to retrain that to breathe, okay? Or also, everyone's favorite cranial nerve, hypoglossal nerve, um, you know, things like the Inspire. I'm not sure if there's any other devices on the market, actually, so I'll just say Inspire devices. Uh, implantable hypoglossal nerve stimulators. If you get CO2 right, okay, guess what's going to be stimulated more? Ta-da! So it's really a cellular issue here. Yes, there is a oxygen issue, because when we look at this, gotta come back up here to you, Mr. Pac-Man. It's an airway issue. Well, I mean, think of it like a coin, okay? One side is gonna be airway, and the other is in your mitochondria, okay? And so that's where you wanna focus all your efforts, all right? So that was the, the, the big thing I wanted to get across in this video. This is what's going on. This is where the problem is. And when we're able to focus, not only on your mitochondria, right? This is like, if I had to give a fraction, this is like 80% of the issue. And then, yes, you still do things for your airways. Don't get me wrong. But you get these two together. That's why a lot of our patients, whether they have been able to sidestep an implantable device, reduce CPAP use, get off CPAP, reduce snoring, all those good things, because they do these parameters really, really well. All right. So that was the main lesson of this. So when you know now, okay, start to see things differently. So... One of the next episodes I'll make is diving more in on this piece here and what to do. Because obviously episodes can only be like 20 minutes long. It's it's a rule. That's what I got a letter from Netflix about that. It needs to be 20 minutes flat. Uh, but honestly, it's just to make sure you grab these concepts so that when we dive more into the the five main factors for your mitochondria, it sticks that much better because do anything is overload. Okay, so thanks for watching. Dr. Dale Peck is here. And uh, any questions you can always just ask in the comments. And um, a lot of this is also explained in the book. So if you haven't gotten that, uh, make sure you grab that. And then uh, I will get the next episode out shortly. All right. Thanks for watching and I'll see you soon.